Welcome in episode 39 of the Print Fest DFS podcast. My name is Justin Rue. Alongside Scott Bandy, we're here to break down the week eight DraftKings main slate. Cannot believe it's already week eight. Scott, what is going on? What's going on, dude? I know we're almost halfway through the season already. At least we get an extra week. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get, get the extra week, uh, week 18 yeah. in there. It's kind of ugly. It's kind of an ugly week. You know, we're we're in bye week season now. There's not too many strong games. Um, shoot, I guess tonight we have what should have been the best game of the week, Packers and Cardinals, but who knows how that's going to look now with you know, the receiving core for the Packers. It looks like we'll have Cobb and St. Brown. That's about it. But yeah, um, not the best slate we have, but you know, sometimes when slates are ugly, it makes it more interesting. There's not too many locks this week. There's a lot of you know routes to go, so – Sometimes I like these weeks more than the weeks that are super straightforward, and, you know, exactly where the chalk is going to be. So um, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll pick some winners and don't profit this week. Absolutely. Yeah, so starting at quarterback, I mean, I, I think there's two guys up at the top, you know, Josh Allen. I mean, he's just been absolutely crushing. He's had 20 or more fancy points in each of his last four games. You know, he's taking on Miami in a, in a fast-paced game. They are, like, massive favorites with the 30 implied total. Um, they're using the shit out of play action. I mean, Brian Dayball is back. He is firing on all cylinders. You know, Josh Allen's averaging 30.2 drafting his points per game over his last five, so that's absolutely crushing. His completion percentage over expected over his last five games is 10.2. That easily leads the NFL. Um, he's been awesome. And, I mean, on the other side, Tua has also been awesome. Uh, he's averaging 9.1 completion percentage over, ex- over expected over his last five. Um, and both these teams are throwing the shit out of the ball. Um, you know, over the last five weeks, the Bills are averaging 36.3 pass attempts per game. And on the other side, Miami is averaging 43 and a half. So both these teams like to air it out. And I mean, Josh Allen's crushing. He's still averaging like 34 rushing yards per game over his last five. And this Miami defense uh, is definitely bottom five in the league. They rank 26 DVOA against the pass. So uh, it's a beautiful matchup for him. 8,100 is, is expensive. I mean, but he's going to crush. He's going to be projected for anywhere between 26 to 28 points in this spot. Uh, it's hard. It's hard not to love him here. It's just uh, you know, with the price and the way it is, we're going to need some guys to open up if we want to get up to Josh Allen. Yeah, and quarterbacks ugly this week. It's just the price tag. It's funny because the, uh, so <laughs> Buffalo, if you remember, played Miami back in week two, and it was that ugly ass game where the Bills just looked all kinds of out of sorts. Josh Allen didn't look good, and they still won thirty-five nothing, yes. which is the craziest part. You know, he looked awful, and they won thirty-five nothing. Since then, they've scored forty-three, forty, thirty-eight, and thirty-one. This offense is just completely clicking on all cylinders. And I expect, you know, Tua looks good. Maybe it'll be – I don't really know that it'll be back and forth, but maybe it'll put up more of a fight than they, than they did last time. But, yeah, it, it, you'll be hard-pressed to find a better quarterback play than Josh Allen this week, especially in a, on a week where most of the – you know, the, those alpha quarterbacks that we like to target every week are off the slate. Really the only other, you know, guy for fantasy-wise really would be Jalen Hurts at the top. Um, outside of him, it, there's not much to like, you know, above 7K. Jalen Hurts, 7,200. Um, 
you know, Eagles three and a half point favorites, 48 is the total. Uh, we know her sucks as a real life quarterback. Uh, he's very mediocre, but for fantasy, he's money in the bank. He's the only quarterback on the season to score 20 or more points in every single game this year. He's averaged 26 uh, DK points per game. And the funny thing about that is I'm not sure that we've really seen a ceiling performance for him, from him yet. We really haven't seen that 300 yard passing three touchdowns and he runs one in on the ground. Like we haven't really seen that this year. We know he's got like 40 point upside. I think the most he's scored so far is 31 and there's nothing shabby about that at all, but I think it's coming at some point and it could potentially be this spot. I mean, Detroit is awful. They're 27th DVOA overall, 27th DVOA against the pass. They've allowed the sixth most yards in the league, fifth most points allowed in the league. They allow nine and a half yards per attempt. That that is absolutely unspeakably bad. And they don't get pressure on the quarterback at all. They're well below average in terms of pressure rate. So um, it's just another spot where it's hard to envision Hurts struggling to get there from a fantasy uh, perspective. Um, And that's the great thing about it is he just runs so freaking much. Like he's averaging 51 and a half yards per game on the ground, which (laughs) gives him such a high floor every single week that he can be as mediocre as he wants throwing the ball, and he's still going to get there. Oh, absolutely. And, and he should – you know, he's averaged six and a half uh, yards per attempt over his last five games, but he gets to take on a, a Detroit defense that allows 9.5 uh, yards yeah. per attempt. So, you know, we expect his rushing floor to always be there. That gives him a nice floor and a better ceiling. Um, we expect him to be a little more efficient through the air, taking on Detroit. I think he's the only other quarterback on the slate that has a chance to match Josh Allen. Uh, I I think both their ceilings sit around, you know, in in the forties. I don't think any of these other quarterbacks are getting into the forties this week. So uh, yeah, I'm with you on Jalen Hurst, 7,200. You get a little uh, $900 discount on Josh Allen. I'm definitely in on Jalen Hurts, even though he's just so bad as a quarterback in the NFL. A um, couple guys down here at the bottom of the pricing rung. Uh, we've got Teddy Bridgewater at 5,400 taking on Washington. We know how terrible Washington's defense is. Um, they are 29th DV away. They're terrible against opposing quarterbacks. And he's at home and he's getting Jerry Judy back. So um, you know, Bridgewater has not been great, um, but he's also not been the worst quarterback. He's averaging 6.7 yards per attempt, only 10 rushing yards per game over his last five. So he's not giving you much on the ground. Um, but his completion percentage over expected is still 5.7 points higher than the average. So um, uh, he, he's, he's been accurate. He gets a, a solid wide out back and he's taken on a terrible defense. So 5,400 on Bridgewater isn't bad. Then we also get uh, Trevor Lawrence at 5,500, just $100 more taking on uh, this dreadful Seattle defense. It doesn't the road. He only has a 20 implied total. So you want to kind of, uh, Typically, you want to stay away from quarterbacks that aren't expected to score more than, you know, three touchdowns. But, you know, uh, at 5,500, it's, it's not bad. I think I'm probably going to be paying up for Jalen Hurts this week. And Josh Allen, if I can, probably going to be staying away from these guys down here. But if you have to, um, there's not a lot of value on the slate. If you have to go down here, I, I think either one, Trevor Lawrence or Teddy Bridgewater, are fine uh, this week. What are your thoughts on them? Uh, yeah, Bridgewater in a vacuum is pretty mediocre. He's not very 
you know, fun to watch or anything like that. But I mean, the matchup is just pristine. Washington gives up the most league, most points in the league to opposing quarterbacks, almost 27 points per game. And with Judy back, that makes it a little bit better too. And then with Lawrence, the other thing with him is he he does run a little bit. Um, you know, since week two, 21, 27, 36, 28, and 11 rushing yards. So it's a little bit, it's nothing great. And it's not, you can't expect too much, but it's at least there. Uh, at least helps a little bit. Um, I think Jacksonville is going to win this game outright. And you can visibly see Lawrence starting to get better every single week. Um, he, you can just see that he's starting to get it. Uh, we know the talent he has. So probably lean Lawrence there, but I, I agree. I think Hurts, you know, point per dollar is probably my favorite. I would love to get up to Josh Allen, but it's, it's going to be really difficult unless some kind of news breaks uh, our way. So, uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts for me, and then Josh Allen, and then probably Sunshine third. I'm with you. Moving over to running back, um, I think that there is one lock on the slate at running back, and he was locked last week, and he's going to be a lock again this week. He didn't perform exactly what we needed last week, but um, – you know, I just chalked that up to touchdown variants. You know, touchdowns went to Cooper Cup and and the receivers. Um, so Daryl Henderson at 6,500, taking on Houston with a 31 implied total, 14 and a half point favorites. He's playing 81% of snaps over his last five games, 19 and a half touches per game, four targets per game for a 10 and a half percent target share. So this is an elite workload in an elite offense, and he's taking on a just a terrible defense. Uh, Houston, we always pick on them with running backs because they can never stop the run. They're a civ against this year. They allow 5.2 yards per carry to opposing running backs, and they're a 30th DVOA against the run. So um, this is a all green lights here for Daryl Henderson. Um, 6,500 is extremely too cheap. He should probably be like 73, 7,400. And even then, he would be an awesome play. So uh, I'm locking in Daryl Henderson. I'm sure you are too. Yep, couldn't agree more. This will be the third week in a row that I viewed Henderson as a complete lock, and his price just isn't moving. Um, you know, mid-6Ks again, I know he didn't get there last week, but he was massively owned. You would have thought his – you know, he would have been bumped up from the algorithm just on ownership alone. Yeah. Uh, but, God, like, I thought he couldn't have had a better spot than last week, and then here we are with Houston. Like, the Rams are third week in a row where they're going to be double-digit favorites <laughs> what are they 14 14 and a half point favorites yeah um you know henderson's touchdown uh expectancy has got to be through the roof in this spot there's going to be another game where the rams score 30 they're probably going to win this game by like 28 <laughs> like it's just going to be a shit show of a of a game for the for the texans i mean the rams are just on fire like matt stafford's got to be top three in MVP voting right now. Like, I just – I can't imagine fading Henderson to this price tag. Like, he should easily be like 7'2", seven, 7'3". Seven, um, so, he's one of two locks for me on the slate. We'll talk about the other one later on. Um, I'll go all the way up to the top with Derrick Henry at 8.9K. We talk about him every week. He's just – man, it's just this volume is just stupid. Um, on the season, he's averaging 28.8 DK points per game. He's had 22 or more touches in every game since week one when the Titans got boat raced. Um, so since then, 41 touches, 31, 35, 29, 22, and 31. 
It's just unreal volume. It's it's just. I mean, we're seven games in, and he almost has 200 carries. Like that's just <laughs> truly unreal. Um, he's averaging over four red zone carries a game, which is unreal. And we've been talking about it all year. He's being involved in the passing game. He's already got 18 receptions on the season. He had 19 all of last year and 18 all of the year prior. Um, moving into the matchup, it's not the best matchup. The Colts are pretty solid against running backs. They're only allowing 4.1 yards per carry. They've allowed the third fewest points per game to opposing running backs, and they're actually first DVOA against the run, which surprised me. Um, but all that to be said that I don't think that matters for Derrick Henry because he's Derrick Henry. They played earlier this year, week three, he had 28 carries and three receptions, and he scored 22.4 points without getting into the box. That is just what Derrick Henry has become. This volume is just ridiculous. Even last week, he saw 31 touches, and it was a completely putrid game. He had like 29 carries for like 86 yards. That is terrible. And he still scored 16.4 points because of just pure volume. Um, so, yes, he's expensive. 8.9K, but if you like volume and you like King Henry, like this is a spot where he could break the slate easily and it's hard for him to bust at this point. Just because if he gets 30 touches every single week, like God, like it's hard to bust at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, this guy's averaging base like 30 touches per game. That's hard to fade. 8,900. I mean, the only thing you can really say about Henry is that he's just not involved in the past game. I mean, he, he's pacing for a career high in, uh, in receiving yards and all of that, but still, I mean, over his last five games, he's only averaging two targets per game and has a 7% target share. I mean, that's, that's shitty. Um, he's just not involved enough in the passing game, and it, but it's always been like that. Um, it is a tough matchup on the ground, but, I mean, 30 touches is 30 touches. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're not fading that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be very owned either. I don't, I don't think this might be as low owned as we've seen him all year. I think I agree because Cooper Cup is going to project for about three points more than him at $100 more expensive. So, uh, and I, with the way Cooper Cup's been playing, I don't think anyone's going to play Derrick Henry over Cooper Cup. So, um, I agree. I agree that I, I don't think he's going to be more than, um, I don't think he's going to be more than 30% owned in double ups. I, I don't think. True. So. I think he'll be less than 20. Yeah. That's my current indication. It'll be maybe 17, 18%. Um, because Cup's going to be, you have to think Cup's probably going to approach 50% or so. I, he's the other, we'll just say now he's the other lock on this slate. But yeah. if you're picking between Henry and Cup, it's not even a question for me. It's Cup. And it's pretty difficult to play both of them without, you know, making some sacrifices that might leave your lineup not feeling great. So I don't think that a lot of lineups are going to have the both of them. Um, so, yeah, cup for me, not even relatively close. Yeah. So I want to talk about Austin Eckler at 7,900. He's starting to get a little expensive, uh, but it's definitely warranted. Uh, he's at home with the Chargers having a 27 implied total, five-and-a-half-point favorites. It should be a fast-paced game. Both these teams are playing at a decently fast pace. The Chargers are the fastest-paced team in the NFL. Um, in terms of situation neutral uh, plays per second. Um, he's averaging 24.2 drafting his points per game over his last five. He's playing 66% of snaps, 16.8 touches per game. But the nice thing is 
he's averaging 5.8 targets per game and a 15.1% target share. So um, he's so involved in the passing game. And the reason why that's really important is because the Patriots are giving it up to running backs in the passing game. They're allowing 59 receiving yards per game to opposing running backs and nine yards per reception. So uh, they are just being really inefficient to opposing running backs and are just giving it up. Um, and Austin Eckler, we know what kind of pass catching back he is. And if this thing's going to be fast paced, should be a little bit back and forth here. Cause I expect the, uh, the Patriots should have a ton of success on the ground here with Damian Harris, um, just running all over the chargers. So this game could go back and forth a little bit. And Austin Eckler is getting a little expensive, um, but he still has a grip on the goal line role. So he's getting all the high value touches. He's getting, you know, like I mentioned, 5.8 targets per game, and he's getting 1.3 opportunities inside the 10 per game. So um, if he's their goal line back, he's their pass catching back. This is basically DeAndre Swift's role that he has with Detroit, but on a much, much better team um, who is going to be favored in almost all the games that they're playing. So uh, I, I love Austin Eckler in this spot. 700 is a little expensive, um, but I think he's I think he's an awesome play. Yeah, I totally agree. A little pricey, but the thing for me is, and I've been saying it all year, I really view 2021 Austin Eckler as 2020 Alvin Kamara. Um, you know, th this is basically the Saints offense from 2020. And because um, I believe their offensive coordinator came over from New Orleans. Um, and he's getting the Alvin Kamara usage. And it would, if we would have seen Alvin Kamara last year at 7.9K, we were probably locked in then. Uh, and one can argue that this offense is better than last year's Saints offense. I mean, Herbert is just – God, he's so freaking good. Um, so it, it, it's hard not to consider Eckler every single week. This New England defense is not something that scares me at all. And I even think that we could maybe see an, even an increase in his passing game usage, like six, five, five, and seven targets. Like, ah, if you told me he got, you know, 10 targets this week, no one's going to bat an eye at that. So um, absolutely within my player pool this week, and, and he's definitely very strong. Another guy that I really like is James Robinson at 6.6K. It's a pretty nice spot for J-Rob. Um, you know, if, if you're not on the sunshine train, then, you know, James Robinson makes a nice pivot. Um, you know, similar price point to Henderson, so he'll likely be way lower owned. But um, Seattle, you know, they're, they're, they're terrible. Like, they're just stone terrible. They're allowing 31.1 points per game to opposing running backs, second worst in the league. And they're getting trucked through the air by running backs. They're allowing 7.1 receptions per game to opposing running backs. That's pretty terrible. Uh, and Robinson, you know, his workload is just really, really locked in at this point. Um, over the last four games, he's averaging 17 carries a game and three and a half red zone touches a game. And he's averaging 3.7 targets per game on the season. Those are very, very solid metrics. Um, you know, he's running around on 58% of dropbacks. That's the fifth highest uh, clip in the league and if we look at last week's usage he played a season high 92 percent of the snaps and ran around on 75 percent of Lawrence's dropbacks while getting 100 percent of the carries Hyde did not have a touch in that game last week I think he may have had a target um, but he did not have a reception so Robinson is just locked in as the three down plus full line back at this point it's a really nice spot game environment's probably going to be pretty ugly um 
So for that reason, I definitely like Henderson a lot more. This game could be kind of ugly and slow paced and low scoring. Um, but the Jags do like to pace it up. We'll just see what Seattle is going to be able to, you know, muster up on their side. But um, if you want to roll out Henderson or, and James Robinson, I think it's fine. But at the same price point, Henderson, obviously the better play, but give me some leverage with James Robinson. And uh, I think he makes up for a pretty nice play. I'm with you. I'm with you on James Robinson. Um, let's touch on just quickly on, on the other running backs on this slate that are definitely in play. DeAndre Swift, 7,100, taking on the Eagles. Eagles are a sieve against the run. They allow a lot of dump-offs, and that's what DeAndre Swift does. He's averaging 7.2 targets per game. He's basically a wide receiver, um, and he's also getting, you know, 17 touches. So uh, his role is outstanding. Should have some more efficiency here against a bad Eagles defense. Uh, we have Chuba Hubbard at 6K. I mean, this offense is kind of an abomination. Sam Darnold got benched last week. I don't know who it's – I'm guessing Sam Darnold's going to be starting again this week, um, but he's been terrible. So hard to really rely on Nick, on Chuba Hubbard, but he is going to be pro- projecting well, and he is somewhat cheap at 6K. Um, David Johnson down at 4,200, taking on the Rams. I mean, obviously it's a, it's a – it's a horrible feeling, you know, rostering David Johnson in 2021. This, this guy in like 2016 was like the face of fantasy football. Um, and it's now pretty dust, but Mark Ingram is out of the fold. The, the price hasn't had the chance to adjust. And now he's going to be the lead back in an offense where Tyrod Taylor is probably going to be back here. Keep an eye on that. I don't know if Davis Mills is going to be starting. Tyrod has a chance to be back here, but you know, they're 14 and a half point dogs. It's never feels good to roster running back when they're 14 and a half point dogs. His touchdown expectation is basically nothing, but he's already playing about 50% of the snaps with marking him there and averaging a 13% target share. So I expect that to climb. Um, he'll probably play 60 plus percent of snaps here and any running backs going to play 60 plus percent of the snaps um, and be involved in the passing game, the way that David Johnson is, um, I think he's fine at 4,200. Do you have any thoughts on David Johnson? Yeah, it's just the price. He's fine. 4.2K. I mean, he might as well be Ben Price. Um, if there's one thing we know is that Houston's going to get trumped, which means David Johnson's going to be on the field and they're going to be, you know, throwing the football. So I think he does have some upside from a, a receiving perspective. He's always been one of the league's best uh, receiving backs. Um, he's averaging 8.1 yards per reception on the season. It's not bad at all for a running back. So I, th- I think he's fine at 4.2K. Um, you know, not, I probably won't play him, but, you know, I don't hate it at all. And Philip Lindsay, as far as pass catching, he has four total targets on the season. So, um, yeah, he, he's not, he's not going to be involved. Yeah, in and Lindsay probably one of the worst pass catching backs in the league. <laughs> Uh, Nick Chubb at 6,800. I think he's a pretty comparable play to James Robinson. Uh, only $200 more expensive at home as a three and a half point favorite, taking on a seemingly tough defense in Pittsburgh, but they still allow 4.5 yards per carry. Um, so, and they're the Browns are getting Jack Conklin back. So, um, this offensive line is a wrecking crew. Nick Chubb is a boss on the ground. They are at home. Um, Baker Mayfield is expected to be back here. Um, Nick Chubb's averaging 22 touches per game over his last five. He's coming off this calf injury. There's no Kareem Hunt. And in eight games in 2019 where Kareem Hunt was suspended, um, Nick Chubb averaged four targets per game. Uh, If he's going to get four targets per game, that's awesome. Because right now, 
Over the last five games, he's averaging 0.7 and a 2.2% target share. He's literally not involved at all in the passing game. So he's under 7K, and if he's going to be involved in the passing game, I don't give a shit who he's playing against because he's going to run for over 100 yards. He's probably going to get in the box. If you add anything in the passing game, he's going to absolutely smash at this price. Yeah, he's the best running back in the league, part none for me. I mean, you give him Derrick Henry type of, of, of volume, and I think he'd be better just straight up. I think he's averaged over five yards per carry for his career in every season of his career. He's just so freaking good, dude. Um, so I'm all on the Nick Chubb train this week. Something I overlooked before today. Um, we'll see if we get any, you know, uh, narratives from um, – what the heck's the name of their coach? Freaking uh, – Stefanski. Stefanski. We'll see if, if he says he's full go or not. Um, yeah. If he does indeed say that, then he's going to make for a really nice play. Anything else at running back? I think we touched on a lot of guys. Uh, one more would be like Leo Herbert, 5,400, just as a, you know, a cheap value back. He's clearly suppressed. Damian Williams is, you know, he's averaging 18 carries a game, 4.8 yards per carry. It's a bad matchup against, you know, San Fran, but if there's one thing we know about Matt Nagy, so he's a donkey and he's going to jam the ball between the tackles despite, you know, getting trucked. He did it last week. Herbert had 18 carries despite them getting, you know, dog walked by 35. So, if you need value at running back, I think Herbert is fine at his price. Okay. Moving over to wide receiver, uh, the lock of the week is Cooper Cup. Let's just touch on him quick. Cooper Cup is leading the league in red zone targets, targets inside the 10, targets inside the 5. So he's he's involved when they get in close uh, on the best offense in the NFL. He has 190 PPR points uh, over the first seven games. That's the most in any season since 1970. And he has double-digit targets in every single game. Um, and now he's taking on Houston, and they allow 9.5 yards per target. Um, so uh, he's 9K. He's the best player on the slate. Play him. Let, let's move on to some other plays uh, at wide receiver. Um, uh, I'm going to hit Devontae Smith. So Devontae Smith at 5,500, um, taking on Detroit. And he hasn't been – astounding by any means. I mean, he's only averaging 12 DraftKings points per game. We're going to need that to be, you know, at this price at 5,500, we need him to ideally put up, um, you know, 15, 16, 17 points in this game. Um, and he's taking on Detroit and Detroit allows 10.8 yards per target. That easily leads the league. They are the most atrocious defense that I've ever seen. There's 27 DB way against the pass. And, um, he has a 12.9 a dot, which is definitely going to come in play here uh, because Detroit, uh, they've allowed a 51% completion rate, which is 28th on downfield targets. Um, so if he can get downfield on a couple of these, which he has been doing, getting a couple of deep shots per game, um, it, it's, it could be wheels up for him. He's, he's averaging 7.4 targets per game on a 21.7% target share over his last five. So, I mean, the production has been pretty middling, and that's partly in due to, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts. Um, but I think that we talked about Jalen Hurts and him having some improved efficiency here, taking on Detroit. I think that Devontae Smith could be along for the ride and uh, could find his way into the box. He only has one touchdown this year. I think he's an elite prospect. And uh, yeah, Jamar Chase has been absolutely blossoming, and I think it's time that uh, Devontae Smith is the Heisman winner kind of um, – you know, flaps his wings here and 
and does something here against Detroit. Yeah, you know, I love Devontae Smith. <laughs> I've been in love with him for years as a prospect. There's nobody on this Detroit team that can even <laughs> sniff his freaking farts in terms of covering him, dude. Like, he's just – he should be able to just carve up this defense as much as Jalen Hurts allows him to. Um, it's really just on Jalen Hurts because Devontae Smith is going to be open, dude. Um, so, at 5'5", five, five, I think he's fine. One of my favorite players on the slate is T. Higgins at 5,200. I feel like I freaking like just scream this every single week, but he's too cheap, DraftKings. He's too cheap for the talent and the volume that he receives. 5.2K, priced up 300 more from last week after getting 15 targets. Um, and just to put things in perspective, yes, Jamar Chase, elite, elite talent. He's great. But if you look at the season as a whole, Higgins is averaging 8.6 targets a game, Chase 7.2. Higgins has a 27.4% target share that leads the team. He's leading the team in red zone targets as well, despite missing two games. And he has a 10.1 A dot, which is pretty solid as well. But despite all of those metrics, he has yet to surpass 62 yards in any game this season. To me, that either suggests that he has positive regression coming or Jamar Chase is going to have to get, start getting more targets because he can't just continue to score 50-yard touchdowns every week I don't care how good he is. It's just, it's not feasible. Um, so, like I said, either Jamar Chase, he's going to need to see more volume, or T. Higgins just has positive, positive regression screaming our, in our face. So, uh, matchups pristine. The Jets are terrible. Um, you know, since these are 10.5 point favorites, they have a 26.5 implied total. Um, the Jets are 29th DVOA against the pass. So, everything just lines up. Eventually, we're going to get a ceiling performance from T. Higgins. And he continues to be underpriced week in, week out. So I think for once again, this fifth week in a row, T. Higgins is really, really strong. T. Higgins is an awesome play. And, you know, second-year wide receivers, typically this is when they break out. Um, you know, obviously Jamar Chase is breaking out in his rookie year. That's not common. Um, but T. Higgins, he was a good prospect. We expect receivers that were good in the rookie year, which he was, to get better in their second year. Um, and I, he's getting all the targets. He's at, like you mentioned, he's getting more targets than Jamar Chase um, in games that they've played together. Uh, he just hasn't been able to convert these these targets into receptions and yards. And either he stinks or he's in for some positive regression. And I don't think he stinks. So um, I, I'm in on T. Higgins. I love him at 5,200. I'm absolutely with you. Someone else is in for positive regression is Calvin Ridley because I know he doesn't stink. And he's averaging 11.3 targets per game over his last five a 29.6% target share and, you know, two targets inside the red zone per game. Uh, it, it's about time. Uh, I mean, it is, it is about time for Calvin Ridley to turn this shit around. Matt Ryan's been playing well. He, I mean, Matt Ryan has a 1.5 uh, completion percentage over expected over his last five games. Um, he's inside in the dome, decent total has touchdown expectancy here. Calvin Ridley taking on Carolina. Yeah, it's not a great matchup. It's a pretty middling matchup. It's not great. It's not good. Um, but it's also not terrible. Either. It's not something you're kind of running away from. So, um, uh, Calvin Ridley at 6,600. 6,600 is too cheap for a guy who's top five in the NFL in targets right now. Um, uh, he's He has to turn around. He's not bad. He is not a bad receiver he's not old he's right in the middle of his prime I, I think it's his variance that he's running into right now um 
And I think that it's going to come roaring back in a, in a strong, strong way, similar to T. Higgins. I'm with you. It's going to happen eventually. Uh, Calvin Ridley is one of the best freaking receivers in the league. We saw it last year, all year. Um, the connection, for whatever reason, hasn't been there with Matt Ryan yet, but it's going to come. And he's been dominant in the red zone to start his career. I don't see any reason why that would change, especially with Pitts. You know, he's coming along pretty pretty quickly. Defenses are going to have to start keening in on him as well. So the ceiling performance is coming. And I think we might just end up having to play Ridley every freaking week until it happens. Because <laughs> it's going to happen at 6'6". That's just disrespectful. Same price range. Guy I really like is Deontay Johnson, 6.7K. So he's $100 more expensive than Ridley. But the thing is, he's just so freaking good, dude. Like, he's averaging 19 DK points per game on the season. And his five games played, he's had 10, 12, 13, 2, and 13 targets. I'll just go ahead and throw that two out. That's just, you know, it's a fluke. Dating back to last year, he's averaged 9.6 yards uh, targets per game on a 23% target share. And that was with Juju, who last year um, was bringing in eight targets a game. This year, we know that Juju is done for the season, and Deontay is already averaging 10 targets per game on a 28.5% target share. I don't see that going down. It might not go up, but it's certainly not going to go down with just him and Claypool, really. You know, Ebron sucks. Fry Rose's a rookie. James Washington's a bust. It's really just Deontay, Claypool, and Najee. Um, and the, the matchup's not terrible. Cleveland's 15th DVOA overall, but 23rd against the pass. They're allowing 13.8 yards per reception to wide receivers. It's not very good. And the Nick matters worse. Denzel Ward, he got hurt in that game against Denver last week with a hamstring, and he has not practiced at all this week. Now, it is Thursday, so we'll see if he gets a limited practice in tomorrow, but it's looking like he's unlikely to play. So if he does it, it's just an added bonus. Um, you know, I, whether he plays or not, I'm still on Deontay. But if he's out, it obviously just, you know, gives one more checkbox next to Deontay's name. So I think he's he's fine. Yep, I like Deontay. A um, couple other guys, Jerry Judy at 4,900 coming back. Um, uh, I, you know, this is another guy, second-year breakout. I think he's an, he was an awesome prospect, Jerry Judy. Way too cheap if he's going to be in his full role. I'm not sure if he's going to be in his full role, um, but he's been practicing for two weeks, and so I, I would expect him to be good to go. Um, Jerry Judy's an awesome play at 4,900. Um, and then Brandon Cooks, who is just too cheap, gets a revenge game against the Rams. Um, if Tyrod's back, upgrade him for sure. He definitely gets big, some bigger upside than Davis Mills being back there. Um, but, I mean, Brandon Coase is like a 30% target share. I mean, he's just collecting so many targets in this offense. He's an awesome play. Anyone else at wide receiver? No. Um, I think that's about it. For me, receiver is pretty straightforward. There's only like six or seven guys that are really considering for cash. Running back, I think, is a little bit more um, – it's a little more spread out, both from ownership and, you know, from my liking. There's a lot – there's more running backs than I like this week than receivers for sure. Moving over to tight end, I think that if you're – I mean, we always love to punt it off, and that's likely what we're going to be doing in cash. If you don't want to punt it off, if you don't like these guys we're about to talk about here in a second, you get Dallas Goddard at, what's he, 4,700? There's no Zach Ertz, and in the one game that – Goddard has played without Zach Ertz um, this season. 
last week. He played 93% of the snaps, which is a season high, ran around on 88% of Jalen Hurts dropbacks, which was third among all tight ends in week seven. And now he gets to take on Detroit. And they allowed, you know, they're 29th in yards per target allowed, 9.6 to opposing tight ends. I mean, he's going to be the guy. He, he's going to ba- play basically 100% of the snaps with no Zach Ertz. He's going to be their guy when they get in close. He's got a awesome matchup, big total, 25 and a half. I mean, 4,700 is a little cheap for Dallas Goddard without Zach Ertz. I think that he should probably be around 5,500. But, you know, we like, we like to punt it off. I think that if you're going to punt it off, I mean, there's a couple guys down here. You get Dan Arnold at 2,800. Um, since joining Jacksonville, because he was on – where was he? Was he Carolina? Yeah, Carolina. He was with Carolina. Since he got traded, on the first game he played with the Jacksonville on that Thursday night, uh, he played 39% or he ran around on 39% of dropbacks. Since then, he's ran around on 79% of dropbacks and 61%. So, um, you know, it, it's not terrible. 2,800, he has a good quarterback on the ball with Trevor Lawrence. And Seattle is about middle of the pack, first tight ends. I mean, they break 17th in yards per target allowed, 7.3. And they're 18th in touchdown rate allowed, 6.4%. So, um, you know, he has a 14.4% target share over his last five, a 0.3 weighted opportunity rating. So, you know, it's not great, but, I mean, nothing's going to look great when the guy's 2,800. Um, really, we're just looking for someone that's playing a decent amount of snaps and you can punt it off with. So, I think uh, I think it's a decent enough matchup, 2,800. I mean, it kind of is what it is. You're looking to punt it off. It is fine. Another guy, if you want to punt it off, is Tommy Sweeney at 2,900. You know, uh, punt tight end, thank you. That's all I'll say there. Uh, Dawson Knox, he's out with a broken hand. Um, so Sweeney likely will step in as the tight end one. Bills have a 32, almost a 32 implied total, which is insane. And they are 14-point home favorites. Um, if you can plug in the starting tight end with Josh Allen at 2,900, that's just beautiful. Um, before Dawson Knox was got hurt, he was playing 83% of the snaps since week two. Now, I'm not saying Tommy Sweeney is going to step into that direct role, but he's likely to play the majority of those snaps. Um, the, the other two tight ends on the roster are like Kahali Waring and some other guy I've never even heard of. Uh, also looked into Sweeney Shields. He's graded out on PFF as a pretty solid blocker this, this year, so he shouldn't need to come off the field that much outside of, you know, a couple snaps for rest. Um, and, you know, the matchup's not bad. Um, you know, Miami, they're allowing the 10th most points per game to opposing tight ends, but they've also allowed the third most yards to the tight end position. Um, so definitely not a bad matchup whatsoever. Now, the one thing with Sweeney is there's definitely potential for a goose egg here because we don't know what the what the role is going to be at all. Um, you know, they, they might just say, forget it, we're just going to target Stephon Diggs 15 times and get Beasley and Sanders and maybe even a little Gabe Davis going. So definitely not a safe play. But at 2,900, you get the starting tight end for Josh Allen for the team that has the highest implied total in the slate. Um, I think you can do far worse than that if you're going to punt the position. If you're not going to punt the position, I completely agree on Goddard. 4,700, too cheap. Five targets last week. I expect that to go up. Um, we know how dynamic of a talent he is at the tight end position. So for me, it is really punt or Goddard. And there's, uh, I'm not, I'm just not interested in anyone else. 
Yeah, Tommy Sweeney, I mean, in college, uh, he this guy is nothing to write home about at all. He was a seventh-round pick in 2019 out of Boston College. He's already 26 years old, even though he's been in the league for this is his third season. So he, he's an old prospect. I mean, his college dominator, college dominator rating was 59th percentile, nothing great. His breakout age is 48th percentile. His spark score is 30th percentile. He ran 4.83 at 251 pounds. So, I mean, yeah, he's not a he's he's basically a blocker. There's not really much to him. Um, the the biggest thing here is just like the game environment, and there's no Dawson Knox, and there's a possibility he he scores a touchdown. If he scores a touchdown, he's gonna be a top 12 tight end. Um, I agree. I think there's a very good chance that he can build a bricks here. Um, but when you're punting it off, that's the risk you kind of take on. That's the point. You want to play a guy that's under 3K um, just to completely punt it off. I think I prefer Dan Arnold for $100 cheaper, um, but it's pretty close, though. It, it's close. It's close. I think, I think I do, too, just because you know what Arnold's role is going to be. Right. He's seen – I'm not sure what week he joined the Jags, but at least over the last two weeks, he's had five and eight targets. So you know he's going to be on the field. You know you're probably not going to get a goose egg from him. So, and he's $100 less. So just from that, he's definitely a safer play. Um, so, yeah, I think I prefer Arnold as well. And Dan Arnold was an awesome receiver in college. He went to a really small school. Um, he went to Plattsville, which is like – it's an extremely small school, um, but he in there, I mean, at, at college, he had a 97th percentile college dominator, 70th percentile breakout age, um, 48th percentile spark athleticism. So he ran 4.68 at 240 pounds, so it's 68th percentile speed score. I mean, you mentioned it. I think he's a better uh, overall receiver than Tommy Sweeney. Thing is, Tommy Sweeney is – way likelier to score a touchdown than Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold probably has a higher floor, um, but Sweeney might have a higher ceiling. <laughs> I mean, all these guys stink. I mean, they, they, these are punts. I mean, we're, we are we are um, splitting hairs here with these guys, but I think I prefer Dan Arnold at 2,800. Yeah, outside of him, I mean, Johnny Smith, 2,800 seems cheap. He had five targets last week, but you know, he's been nothing this, this year at all. Um, yeah. God, you can take a shot on Ross Dwelly, Troutman. He's three and two target. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really just those two. Yeah. Um, I don't hate uh, going back to Cole Kinnett at three point one k, and I don't mind Jared Cook either at three four. Um, but if you're in a true punt, I think it's you know it's Arnold or it is Sweeney. I agree. All right, I think we spent enough time on the punt tight ends. Um. Anything else on this slate you have to uh, mention before we go ahead and get out of here? Yeah, I think just windmill, I think it's probably going to be Nick Chubb. Like, Nick Chubb's upside without Kareem Hunt is just monumental. Like, he was averaging 22 touches a game with Kareem Hunt, I think you mentioned. Like, holy man, if he approaches, like, 30 touches in this spot, say they get up on the Steelers, um, man, I don't know, Nick Chubb, could be a low-owned just explosion spot, so I, I think I'll take him as my uh, as my windmill. I'm with you on the on the Nick Chubb man. Six eight hundred is too cheap. I think I prefer him to James Robinson. It you know Cream Hunt's out. Uh, if we get confirmation that 
that Nick Chubb is going to be full, ready to go. I mean, I think he's an awesome play. I think he's a he's a great, great play. I, I think my windmill is T. Higgins. I, I am I'm ready for this positive regression to hit. Um, he's getting way too many targets in in a, in a good offense with Joe Burrow absolutely crushing right now. I think it's about time that the fantasy points start swinging back in the direction of T. Higgins, who I think is a good prospect. Obviously, Jamar Chase is a total boss and is on his way to being a future Hall of Famer, but that doesn't mean that T. Higgins can't get there as well. Uh, this is an elite offense, and Tyler Boyd has basically been relegated to the B squad. So um, this is the T. Higgins. This is the Jamar Chase show. This is the Joe Burrow show and Joe Mixon in the backfield. So taking all the Jets, I- I'm calling windmill. Two touchdowns for T. Higgins. I like it. All right. With that, that's going to do it for episode 39 of the Print Fest DFS podcast. We're going to be back on Monday night, breaking down our lineups, talking about where we went wrong, where we went right. Um, And until then, good luck, everybody.